Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. Now we're going to uh, continue our series on the, the inward journey. And today's message I am calling Hold Fast. Let me get my clicker. Hold Fast. Turn the power on. My clicker. How's it going? There we go. Hold fast. Right? And so the inward journey, it's all about answering this question, who am I? Right? It's, it's about discovering and walking in our identity. But the, the, the inward journey, as well as the upward journey and the outward journey, really the entire journey of spiritual growth, right, is just that. It is a journey. And it is a journey that begins at conversion and is going to continue until we die or until Jesus comes back, right? And, and the, the purpose of this journey is, as Christ followers is that we are called to follow him day in and day out in every season of our lives. And if we do this, if we hold fast to Jesus and follow him, we will bear good fruit for ourselves, and we will bear good fruit for others, right? And so it's spending four months talking about the inward journey can start to get a little bit, us to get kind of thinking that it's all about us, right? That this, is, this journey is all about me. And the inward journey is a, about us in, in a big way, but is not merely about our own therapeutic self-interest, Okay. We, we take the, the inward journey so that we are secure in who we are, so that we are secure in who we are as the sons and daughters of God. But we also continue and persevere on this journey so that we are better able to love and to serve others. All right? We want to remember our, our working definition of spiritual growth, which is from Robert Mulholland's amazing book called An Invitation to a Journey. And he says that spiritual growth is a process of being transformed into the image of God for the sake of others, right? The, the journey has a purpose in, that we are to be a blessing for others, okay? And so as Christ followers, we need to hold fast to this. We need to persevere. We cannot stop following Jesus because Christianity, walking as Christ followers, is not a one-time event. Right? We can't just rest back on this prayer or this decision that we made 20 years ago. We can't just rest on this encounter we had with God 10 weeks ago or, or two weeks ago or whatever. Right? We daily are called to follow Jesus. And, the, and conversion is really the entrance into a lifelong discipleship every single day. And it, at New Day and Nichols, I teach the, the discipleship track, and we talk about the conditions of discipleship, and I thought it was applicable here as we talk about holding fast. The conditions of discipleship, we say, are first, deny yourself. Jesus denied himself by submitting to the Father, to submitting to his will to go to the cross. And we are called to have that same uh, obedience, right? That, that same uh, attitude that we are willing and ready to deny ourselves. Right? Number two, we take up our cross. Right? This is about surrendering our will. 
You know, we must be willing to obey whatever is asked for us. That's what disciples do. Number three, disciples follow him. We take up our cross and we follow him. Right? This requires that we are able to see where God is leading us and requires us daily asking, Jesus, what are you doing today? Jesus, what are you doing today? How can I be a part of that? And final, finally, uh, it's the, the last condition of discipleship is losing your life. Being willing to relinquish your rights to determine the, the own trajectory of your life and submitting it to God's will for you, which is usually, no, is always, said usually, is always more fulfilling. You know, we have a plan for our life, but when we lay down that plan and submit to God's plan, it is better, right? And so when we look at these things, oh, those seem kind of hard, right? Those seem kind of intense, right? And there's a reality that discipleship takes effort. It takes effort to persevere in our relationship with Jesus. Right? There's a, a lot of stuff that comes flying at us in our culture and in our lives and in the media that would have us kind of turn away from Jesus, that would have us try to, to earn our way into heaven, right? to try to, to be the best me that I can be right? so that I can find fulfillment in my own success. Right? But the reality is that outside of Jesus, we're always going to be just floundering and looking for satisfaction. We're going to be looking for the, the wholeness that we were created for, but we'll never find it without Jesus. And so we need to persevere, to press into that. It takes effort. You know, we can't uh, tell people that, man, if you start following Jesus, man, everything's going to be great, right? It's all going to be bubblegum and rainbows from here on out. It's just smooth sailing. Bubble will pop. Yeah, we still live in a fallen world that is under the sway of the evil one, right? There are still principalities and powers and an enemy that are actively working against us. And I would say that, you know, in most of the world, when people come to Christ, their life actually gets way harder, right? Their families disown them. You know, their countrymen hate them. They're, they're uh, you know, persecuted and martyred. You know, and yet we, we see that we are called to persevere throughout that, to, to enter into the fullness and the abundance of life that we have. Because even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, we can be filled with the, the fullness of life right now. The kingdom life, the joy and the, the peace and the love, it's not based on our circumstances. It's based on what God has done in our eternal hope in the resurrection. Knowing that what we see here isn't the end of the story. Right, that we're going to a place where there's no tears and no pain and no fear. It's going to be so good. And so we persevere to take hold of that. And we, we use that truth to help us to persevere. All right. And so Jesus talks about perseverance in the parable of the sower. And he teaches here the importance of being a disciple, the importance of denying yourself, taking up your cross, following him, and being willing to lose your life every day. And so this parable is in all of well, in all of the three synoptic gospels, but we're going to read it out of the book of Luke, starting in chapter 8, verse 5. Don't, don't worry about that. We can't install the updates, but you know what? That's just, this life is hard sometimes. <laughs> it's persecution. All right. So we're going to persevere through the, the lack of updates. All right. All right, so Luke 8, verse 5 says, 
So Jesus is teaching a large group that has come out to, to hear him, and he says, a farmer went out to sow a seed, and as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And so he teaches this to this great big group of people. And after he's done teaching, if we continue reading in Luke, his disciples kind of get together and go, what is he talking about? Like, this, what does this have to do with anything? Right? We understand how agriculture works. We understand that you've got to sow it in the good soil and you've got to deal with the weeds and the rocks. We know how to grow crops. But what, we're coming out to learn spiritual truths, right? We want him to teach us about the kingdom. What's he talking about? And so he pulls his disciples together and he says, all right, guys, let me explain this to you. He says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. At that point, my dad would say, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord abides forever. I don't know, if that a reform thing? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Uh, it just popped into my head. I like heard my dad finish the scripture, and he says that. Anyway. Maybe I should start doing that. Anywho, so Jesus teaches that those who hear the word of God and retain it produce a crop. If you retain it, if you persevere, it will bring fruitfulness. Right? And so Jesus is telling his disciples and everybody who has ears to hear to cling to the grace and the work of Christ because that is what will produce fruit. We need to retain and hold on to the word of God in our lives. Right? And so the, the word translated here as retain is this little Greek word, uh, kateko. And this word means to adhere firmly to the traditions. Let me see if I've got that up here. Yeah. Kateko means to adhere firmly to traditions. Right? So he says to, to retain the seed. Hold firmly to that seed that you're given. Hold firmly to the word of God. Hold firmly to the, the traditions that have been passed down to us of Christ. Hold firmly to the convictions or the beliefs. And it can also be translated as hold to or hold fast. Right? We are called to hold fast to the teaching of Jesus Christ. We're hold to hold fast to Jesus. And as we look at that parable, we can see that Jesus is teaching here that we not only need to hear the word of God, but to remain in it, to hold fast to it. Right? We can't just turn up to church on Sunday or listen to an audio Bible and then go about our business, go about our life as if nothing happened. Right? We are supposed to cling to that word of God. We're supposed to apply it in our lives. We're supposed to hold firmly 
to the Word of God, to hold firmly to Jesus. Because as we hold firmly, as we cling to Jesus, it is in that place that we will become fruitful. We will become fruitful in our own lives, uh, gaining salvation, hope, the, the fruit of the, the Spirit, endurance, all these good things for ourselves, but also we will bear fruit for others. Right? We will serve and love other people well. Right? And so I think if we, you know, what does Jesus mean by bearing fruit? What does it mean to be fruitful? And I think Paul gives us a really good, succinct answer to being fruitful when he says in Galatians 5, 6, that faith expressing itself through love is all that matters. Are you living a life of faith that is expressing itself through love? Right? James says, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Right? We hold fast and we are empowered, we're filled with resurrection power through the Holy Spirit so that we can go and do the good works that God has prepared for us to do. And so we're to adhere firmly. Even in the midst of the lies of the enemy, right? the, the bird that came and stole away the seed, even in the midst of trials and testing, those weeds that, that sprung up, right? or the worries and riches and the pleasures of life, those, those rocks that keep our roots from going deep, even in the midst of all these, we are supposed to adhere and to, to hold on tightly to Jesus. As we hold on tightly, He is our good gardener, right? He's going to come, and as we submit to Him and as we cling to Him, He's going to pull the weeds out. Right? He's going to pull the rocks out. He's going, to, he's going to prepare a good ground for us so that the, that the seed can go deeply inside of us and we can bear fruit. And as we hold close to Jesus, He is going to do that for us. And so, that was the intro. Now, we're going to get to our text for today. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, addresses the same issue. All right, some in his community were not persevering. Some in his community were not holding fast to what they had learned. And so listen to 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 and 2. Paul is changing directions. He's, he was just addressing uh, spiritual gifts and how we should use them in corporate worship. And he's like, all right, now we're going to deal with another issue you guys are having. He says, now guys, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. That is a striking passage of Scripture. And what really caused me to... And this, it was Just to be completely honest, this uh, sermon... Preparing the sermon was a real, was a struggle. It was a toil, right? Because this verse I found really, really challenging, right? If I had written this verse, I would have put a period after saved. If I was Paul, I would have said, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, which you have taken your stand, and, on, and by this gospel, you are saved, period. Good news. This is great. But Paul doesn't put a period. He puts a comma and an if. Conditional? This is conditional? By this gospel you are saved 
if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. And so, that's a tough one. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. And you see those two little words, hold firmly. That is the, the same Greek word, uh, kateko, right, that Jesus used in Luke. The Corinthian church needs to kateko. They need to hold fast. They need to maintain. They need to adhere to the traditions. They need to hold firmly to the gospel that Paul had preached to them. And so what is that gospel? What is the gospel that Paul had preached and on which the Corinthians had believed but they were not holding fast? Ah, uh-oh. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15.3. It's not, it's not on the slide. Who made this slideshow? So this is, this is Paul's gospel that he preached to the Corinthians. Chapter 15, verses 3 through 8. He says, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. This is what I received from Jesus himself, and this is what I'm passing on to you, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me as to one abnormally born. And so if you're ever, if, if you're ever wondering what is the gospel, what's a succinct, clear uh, depiction of the gospel, we have it right here from Paul in Corinthians uh, 15, 3 through 8. Right? The, the gospel is that Christ died for our sins. Jesus Christ became a man because only men can die. He died for our sins, just as the Scriptures has promised. And he was buried. We know that he was really dead, right, because we buried him. And he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, just as the Scriptures promised, and just like Jesus himself had prophesied that he would rise again on the third day, he did it. And to prove it, he appeared to over 500 different people. Most of them are still alive. You can go talk to them right now. We have eyewitness reports. Like that is the gospel. The gospel is all about Jesus. It's all Jesus. It's all the work that Jesus has done. And it's this work of Jesus, his life, death, and his resurrection. And it's this to which we need to hold fast. It's this reality of the gospel, every bit of it, that we must keep as the center, that we must keep as the foundation of our lives. But as we continue in the book of Corinthians in chapter 15, we see that there are some people in Corinth that were denying the resurrection. They were being deceived by the, the teaching of their culture, their, this, this, these Greek ideas that there is no resurrection from the dead. But Paul, he warns them, and he says, you need to hold fast to the entire gospel. You can't let go of the resurrection. You have to hold on to every part that Jesus came, that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, and that he rose again. 
He said, if, if he goes on, and we'll, we're going to actually look at this more in depth in the next couple weeks. You get two more weeks of me. Um, we're going to look more in depth at this. But, but Paul says, if you, if you forget about the resurrection, or if you say that the resurrection is not an important part, like you might as well throw the entire thing away. Because if there is no resurrection, then we are still dead in our sins. If there is no resurrection, we have no hope for eternity. If there is no resurrection, then we are the most pitiable of all people because we have believed a lie. Paul doesn't pull any punches with the Corinthians. He said you have to hold fast to all of it. And so you and I also need to hold fast to this gospel. Right? Jesus is not just a good example, though he is a great example. Right? But he's not just a great example. He is, uh, he's not just a moral story that encourages us to be good people, right? That, that, you know, uh, but the gospel, the full gospel, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus to take away our sins, the whole thing, that is our hope. That is our hope for eternity. This gospel is our salvation. This gospel guides us. It empowers us to bear fruit, to bear fruit that lasts. And if we hold tight to this gospel, to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, then we will not have believed in vain. This gospel is our lifeline. This gospel is is the core, is our foundation, is on which we stand. We dare not let it go. In um, Star Wars Episode Two, The Attack of the Clones, there is a scene where this is where some half the church tunes out and the other half. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so, uh, so Anakin is chasing down this bounty hunter. Anakin and Obi Wan are chasing down a bounty hunter named Zam Wessel, and they're chasing. There's this crazy race through the seats, the streets of Coruscant, and in the commotion and the craziness, uh, Anakin loses his lightsaber. And it falls, Obi-Wan catches it, and they get to this, I don't know, a bar or a restaurant or something, and the bounty hunter has gone inside the restaurant. And Anakin's about to, to race in there, and Obi-Wan stops him, and he, he's like, whoa, hey, before you go, he's, he holds the, the lightsaber, he reprimands him, and he says, this weapon is your life. I'm not very good at Obi-Wan. <laughs> this weapon is your life. Right? And he, he needed to hold on to it because without his lightsaber, the, 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 the Jedi are defenseless. They are susceptible to all the enemies that could assault them. Right? And so in a similar way, right, the gospel is our lightsaber. It is our lifeline. It is our life. If we hold on to it, we have a defense against the attack of the enemy. Right? Because the enemy is going to do all that he can do to try to get us to let go of the gospel. He is going down and he wants to take us with him. But as we persevere, as we hold fast to the gospel, that Jesus humbled himself and became a man, that he died on the cross, that he was buried for our, that he died on the cross for our sins, he was dead and buried, the third day he rose again. If we hold on to that, we will finish our race well. And we will bear much fruit for ourselves and for every person that we encounter. All right, so in conclusion, how do we do it? 
How do we hold fast? Right? That's great, Mark. We gotta hold fast. We gotta hold fast. What does that look like? What is it? What does holding fast look like? And I think it's as simple as remembering Christ and submitting to His Lordship. Earlier in Corinthians, Paul uses this same word kateko as he is uh, praising the Corinthians. He's like, "I'm so glad that you are holding fast to the traditions." Right? Good job. You guys are doing well. You're holding fast. And so we are supposed to hold fast to the gospel and we submit to his lordship. Right? And this allows us to live out his resurrection power, which is supplied by the Holy Spirit. And it can look different for each one of us, but there are some simple ways that we can daily hold fast and walk with Jesus. And first, here's a shocker. The, the pastor is encouraging us to have consistent quiet time, right? Huh? That's a revelation I got, and I just realized, oh, we should spend time with Jesus, um, right? Because the reality is we are inundated from our culture, from the enemy, from our own minds, things that would encourage us to let go of the gospel, right? And spending time with Jesus, reading his word, remembering him, remembering that he is our hope, he is our life. It's this centering on Jesus that helps us to see all the lies of the enemy. Helps us to see that, oh, wait, I don't have it in myself. I can't be good enough. I can't do enough. Without Jesus, I'm toast. And as we spend time with him, as we hold tightly to those teachings, we can apply them through the grace and empowerment of God into our lives, and we can be a blessing in our own lives, bless ourselves, right? We can bless our spouse, our kids, our family, as we, as we learn how to, to live life well, right? Second, we could spend time in prayer and worship, right? Prayer and worship is such a, a great time to slow down, you know, to instead of looking at all the busyness and the craziness of life, we can just stop and go, Jesus, I'm just so thankful for you. I'm going to just uh, shut out all the, the, the competing noise. I'm going to slow down and just come before you and just receive what you have for me. Right? Um, I don't know why it's not on there, but we can participate in church regularly. You know, being part of a church is actually part of the spiritual growth process. Being a part of a church is not optional, right? In, in Paul's ideology, there was no rogue Christian, right? And I'm preaching to the choir here, right? Because you guys are all at church. But participating in church, not just showing up and taking off, but by getting involved, by serving, by helping the, the community of believers, by loving each other and encouraging one another, you know, lifting each other up, forgiving one another, right? Serving one another, serving our community, by being part of a, of a local church, we will draw closer to Jesus. It'll be easier for us to hold fast to Christ. All right? Also, we could get some healing and restoration. Right? We've been spending three and we'll end up spending four months talking about the inward journey. A lot of that journey is about sanctification, answering these identity questions. And I think that all of us who have gone through H&R Right? We can look and we realize, man, we've had these weeds and these rocks and these wounds and this junk from the past that have kept us from really being able to draw close to Jesus and to, be, to, to enjoy the full abundant life that is available through him. 
And so the healing and restoration team is trained to pray with you and to, to help you to identify those junky things and to allow the grace of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to remove them so that you can live free and that you can cling even tighter and better to Jesus Christ. Right? And ultimately, holding fast to Jesus just means putting Christ first. Right? Making time for him. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else will be added to you. Right? Just hold fast to him. Spend time with him. Draw close to him. Maybe it means that you listen to worship music on the way to work. Right? Maybe it means that you stop watching that show that somewhere deep down you're like, man, I probably shouldn't be watching this and spend a little bit of time with Jesus. Right? Whatever it is, put Jesus at the center of your life because it's only his grace and his love, his finished work on a real cross and his real, rec- and his real resurrection that empowers us and allows us to be reconciled, to be made right with the Father. It is only his work. It's not our work, but we can cling to him and be filled with his power. And so finally, Paul says it like this, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for his children to rejoice in him, to pray to him, and to give thanks to him. This is a great way to cling to Jesus. And to pray without ceasing simply means to make prayer a regular habit, to never stop doing it, to continually be in connection and worship of Jesus Christ who is the center of our life, who fills us with resurrection power and allows us to live victorious, fruitful lives as we hold fast to Jesus so that we don't believe in vain and we can finish our race well. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Father God, we love you. Jesus, I thank you for the gospel. Jesus, thank you that when we were your enemies, when we were shaking our fist in defiance at you, that you chose to humble yourself, to lay down your rights, and to become a man, to endure the pain and the shame that each one of us deserved, to pay the penalty for our sins, so that each one of us, as we believe in you, can be reconciled to the Father. We can be made right again. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to hold fast to that gospel, to hold fast to that truth, God. Lord, we repent for any way that we have allowed the cares of this world, that we have allowed competing ideologies, God, that we have allowed pleasures and other things to get in the way of clinging to you. God, we repent of that. We lay that aside. Make us good soil, God, so that we can retain, that we can hold fast to you. We love you and just look forward to what you are doing in our lives and what you're going to do in our lives as we bear fruit, as we cling to you. In your name we pray. Amen.